0: Hello, and welcome to the show, Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows while also being... Gay as hell. I'm your host Bradley Brower. I'm your other host Charles Rogers, and I do think I've, I've I'm a little less unsettled
1: this week by Bradley's uh, buzz cut, mainly because it is a buzz cut this week, and he's not just bald and resembles. I actually figured out what it was, Bradley. Do you want to know what it was about uh, you shaving all of the hair off your head that so unnerved me?
0: Yes, go for it.
1: You have not played any of Dragon Age, have you? And I know that with that question, anyone who has played Dragon Inquisition Inquisition immediately knows what I'm about to say, Uh, but there's a character in that game who has a completely bald head. Uh, he is my enemy and I hate him and ah. I want to crack him like an egg. So it activated that reflex in I my see. system. Uh, my deep hatred for this one video game character from a game from like nine years ago.
0: Well, my hair grows really fast, as you can tell. I've I've um, noticed it's only, it's only been, been a week. A week. And it's, yeah, and it's 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 already getting already up back. there. So I think what's going to happen is probably by the end of Bad Batch. I want to that's my guesstimation. It'll be back to like completely normal. Like ever, ever, it'll be just like whatever. Like, I think it'll, it'll be sooner be. than that. Yeah. well, oh, actually, you know what? Well, let's. Say, I, I don't want to call it the mid-season finale, but by the next <laughs> double episode, my hair should be pretty normal.
1: This is the thing about not covering Andor is we have time to talk about Bradley's <laughs> hairstyle choices. <laughs> we are a gay podcast, so this does make sense for us, right? Alrighty. Well, before we get into uh, covering this episode of the Real Friends of Weo,
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <shut up. laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm just kidding no one's fucking covering that the show. real
0: friends of camino <laughs>
1: Uh, that was last season. Oh, oh that's God. right.
0: That's right. What's this? What's this planet called? Uh, oh, we don't know.
1: Ord Mantell.
0: No, the the, the main the planet. New one oh, we don't do. know. We don't. Oh, know. Okay. So never mind then.
1: We don't know. Yeah. You know what? One hundred percent. Now that I think about it, I one hundred percent would watch a reality show of the Kaminoans just being backstabbing and shitty to each other.
0: Yeah. Why not? Like, I
1: would watch that.
0: I would watch Can any I reality watch? show based in Star Wars. I think it would be funny, and they should do it. Like it would be a joke, obviously, but it would it would still be hilarious to watch like a cartoon or something of like just a bunch of like, you know, caddy characters, like on a star base somewhere. Like, I don't know, just something hilarious like that.
1: I, I would, Real Housewives of Coruscant, I would 100% watch Real Housewives Real, of Real Housewives
0: of Coruscant. And That's I exactly know for I
1: a fact, a lot of people like I listen to a lot of other like LGBT shows like podcasts, and I do know some of them have mentioned being Real Housewives fans. So like, there's a market for this uh, Lucasfilm, chop chop. I was Give gonna us... say,
0: we'll do, we need to, we need to see uh, yeah, uh, Cyril Karn's mom uh, show up to brunch one day. And, you know. <laughs> oh
1: my god, that would be legendary. Oh my god, that would be so legendary. <laughs> uh, well, before we get into this episode of The Bad Batch, uh, I do have a couple of things that I need to address from previous episodes. There's two. The first is not so much a thing Charles fucked up as some things Charles missed. Because when we when we recorded the last episode uh, with Hope Mullinex, from Guys and Jedi and Dark Dark Side of the Force, uh, and Geeky Waffle. Uh, When we recorded with her, I got so caught up in the conversation that I missed that I had missed a couple of notes. Uh, So there's two that I wanted to bring up now that are tiny little references that I caught when I went back immediately after recording that to watch the episode with my boyfriend. So when they run into the tunnel at the end when they're in the race and the announcer says something to the effect of like they're taking like the short path to Lotho Minor, that's a reference to junk moon that uh, Savage Press finds Darth Maul on in season four of the Clone Wars. I think mean, we'll leave it season four of the Clone Wars. Okay. But Savage, it's the it's a junk junk moon that like everybody dumps their trash on, including trash Naboo. On, yeah. And that's how Maul ends up there. Uh, the other one is that when they're approaching the planet for the first time, uh, you can see that they're using like the Star Tours bus.
0: Oh, OK, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, those are two little references that I missed because we were busy talking about tech's gear shaft. Uh Just go <laughs> listen to that episode if you haven't already? If this is your first episode, go back and listen to that one afterwards. It's—I'm quite proud of how uh, how much we earned that E for explicit rating. Mm-hmm. The other thing I need to address before we get started: um, a couple of weeks ago, during the solitary clone, we discussed. Cody slash crosshair fanfiction, oh, and I was wondering how much there was. Well, I couldn't figure out the AO3 tab because it's been a long time since I've been on AO3. We won't get into my Tumblr days, but anyway, someone, specifically Emily, at Your Weird Anne Emily, who is with me in the Divas Discord, friend of the show, she was kind enough to link me this tag. Just send me the link so that I could look at it, and also has been keeping me updated on the progress of the Cody and Crosshair tag on AO3. Would you like to know the answer to our question of who is writing Crosshair slash Cody fit? So I have them sorted by date here. And the solitary clone episode premiered on January the 11th of 2023. Okay. At the time that it premiered, there were one, two, three fics that were written prior to that episode premiering, two fics that at least are dated in the System? to January the 10th, so they were released the day before Okay. the solitary clone, or at least they were first posted. They were either first posted, I can't really tell this, they were either first posted or last updated two days before. Got it. I can't really tell, but there's three that were definitely posted prior to that. There are now 16.
0: Oh, people got busy right away. People uh. got
1: busy. That's not even that many, that's not even that many fanfics, to be honest, of a particular ship. It's not, I don't know, it kind of was a rare pair well,
0: until... I mean, at it, it least, uh, you know, 10 or more people immediately were like, uh, I need to start writing some fan fiction. like, immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does look like 10 different people. Yeah, I'm looking at the names. Uh, so yeah, if you are interested in Crosshair slash Cody fic, Apparently there's quite a bit for you to choose from now. There you go. So there's there's our answer. There's who's writing um uh, Cody and and Crosshair. So thank you Emily, uh who I know will always have my back with these types of things for providing me with a method to look at this and use it to uh torment Bradley, my favorite <laughs> pastime. Okay, I think we have delayed long enough. Uh let's let's talk about this episode and we're going to play a fun game, Bradley. Are you ready for the fun game?
0: Okay, what's the fun game?
1: All right, I want you to To pull out your banking app And every time you say the F word I want you to send me a dollar
0: Why would I do that?
1: Get get me money That's the point of the game I get paid money
0: no, it'd be like the
1: swear jar for the dreaded F word.
0: I'm definitely not going to do that. But <laughs> I, if you want to keep a tally, and then by the end of the episode, if we use the F word, uh, then well, it'd be funny to know how many times we say the F word. Yeah, you're,
1: you're 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 not allowed to use the F word. That's that's the stipulation here.
0: Okay, I will I will do my best not to use the F word this okay. episode. Um, and for those at home, I'm we're not talking about fuck. So. We are so not talking about
1: <laughs> fuck. This is an E for explicit podcast in case you somehow missed that in the rankings. Um, Last week we were talking about Tex Penis a lot, so (laughs) please don't listen to this show if you are under the age of 18. Uh, It will still be here when you get back. Uh, Please go listen to something else.
0: Exactly. So this week we're talking about the fifth episode of season two, titled Entombed, where the Batch searches for an ancient treasure that stirs up a shocking surprise. Charles, what is one thing you liked about this episode, and one thing you did not.
1: I really liked the ultimate like design, the last like about five minutes of the fight, and honestly, like about the last eight minutes of the episode. I really liked that a lot. When the uh, I don't know what it's called, Wikipedia seems to identify it as the scar and all. We'll we'll get into that, but the big like thing that they're in once that activated, everything after that was awesome. I loved all of that. Uh, I barely have any notes on it, uh, but it was just like brain off. Watching this, love it. One thing I didn't like: there's a specific section, and I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on this specifically. Uh, there's a specific section where they like haphazardly separate Tech and Echo and Wrecker from the rest of the group, and it mainly is so that Hunter and Fee can continue to have their interactions, which are sort of the core of this episode, is the dynamic between Fee and Omega and Hunter. I thought there wasn't really a point to separating them. I was like, because they immediately find them again anyway. And I wonder if, you know, was the point of separating them that like maybe Tech or somebody would have figured out the trap, but like he didn't figure out the trap in the first room. So I don't know. I thought that was a little bit unnecessary and slowed up the pace of the episode just a little bit. And this is already like a like a up episode already. So I felt like maybe we could have condensed that a little bit and given us some more focus on them trying to figure out the like booby traps and everything in this place. So that would have been my my one thing. I don't have it written down in my notes, but off the top of my head that was the thing that I, I disliked. I did like that all the Batch were together. I wish they had gotten more of a chance to banter off each other and not fee like I like how they were bantering back and forth in the opening scene in Sid's bar but once they got to insert name of planet here then they mainly weren't interacting super a lot with each other and I feel like that was like the enjoyable part of the two-part Sereno episode 2 was them interacting with each other what about you Bradley one thing you liked and one thing you did not
0: well I love that Wanda Sykes is back um, as fee she's great I like the character of fee I think she's kind of funny Like, she's just like this overly positive pirate character, which we know from past shows what that character is kind of like uh, with a just a silly pirate character that always seems to find themselves in trouble. And I like that kind of character. I like that they brought it back or that kind of character back. I did not like the episode. (laughs) Uh, Now like you said there it's weird it was just because of weird choices that they made throughout the episode like when they did separate the characters for no apparent reason to immediately find each other back again and then also the the monster stalking them throughout the episode was just kind of like if unless this monster is like sentient and somehow can control the war machine in some kind of way like why were they there other than the fact that they have a new home that they live in and then it's like but then he immediately goes away and doesn't have any consequences i don't know It was just a weird, they're weird choices this episode and it was bordering on infested like level like of bad for me. Thankfully, Fee redeemed the episode for me. So I wasn't like so turned off by this episode, but I was just like, y'all needed to do something a little bit more with this episode because it was just not it. Like that's why we were trying not to use the F word this episode because it was borderline F word this episode.
1: Yeah, we'll talk. Well, I'll talk a little bit about why why it's not and like hope had raised the point last week which is part of why i banned bradley from using the f word because i was like no we need to challenge ourselves to find what might be the important things in these episodes as to why they're made i brought up the hope brought up the point that there's really no such thing as filler there was me i used the f word you did it i did it i used the f word (laughs) Uh, so that's one for me yep uh but also i myself raised the point in the divas discord when we were discussing this episode after the fact i was like well i don't think that it's the F word because I don't think Lucasfilm would spend however hundreds of thousands of dollars they spent on this episode to make that when they don't need to anymore. Right. They're not trying to pad out a season. If something's here, it's because they wanted it to be. It, I was not going to make a note of this, but then Bradley, you said Fee Genoa was your favorite uh, character in this this episode, I went on a little bit of a historical like side tangent, not like a real deep dive because I already knew who this person was. But would you like a little fun fact about Fee Genoa's character conception? Okay, sure. So from the Wikipedia page, uh, Fee is, was just, this is from the behind the scenes sections. Fee was described as a cross between Han Solo, Jack Sparrow from the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and the pirate Anne Bonny. Anne Bonny was one of two notorious female pirates, uh, Anne Bonny and Mary Read, who disguised themselves as men briefly to get on, I think it was, calico jack rackham ship and then i guess anne bonnie started hooking up with him and she got pregnant and they found out that they were women but also they like stayed on the ship afterwards and then they get captured and imprisoned and then they claim that they're pregnant so they don't get hanged and then they just sort of disappear uh she's a historic badass and i fucking love her she her and mary reed both it's great it's absolutely fucking great so yeah she is based on a real person
0: i like that i always also definitely i definitely get the jack sparrow vibes I could, I could see where they get that from because she's kind of a little kooky, but like somehow it always seems to work out for her in the end. Like I, you know, that's what I kind of like about her. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm liking it. Yeah, there's
1: your little, there's a little history fact uh, for the day. All right, let's dive into this. So they, we open on like a junkyard. I thought this was just a random junkyard on Ord Mantel. Uh, but my Twitter mutual, uh, at SW did point out, and I'm shamelessly stealing from him, uh, something that I should have realized, uh, which is that Ord Mantel has a junk moon. Hmm. It's called Wanshi, uh, I think is how you pronounce this word, Q-U-A-N-T-X-I, okay. uh, and has most notably shown up uh, in both, well, it's really only shown up in the Aftermath books, I believe, and, but most notably for me is that is the planet they go to in high republic adventures issue number five i believe is where they go to that one it's the home of the junk mavens uh for my high republic people who are as obsessed with phase one as i am it's the home of the junk mavens it's where the thing with Crix and zine and lula happens early on in adventures he speculated that this might be that moon i agree i think this is that moon
0: that's no moon
1: that's a junkyard. <laughs> Sorry, I gonna
0: help myself.
1: <laughs> junkyards are such a weird concept. I pass one on my way to work now. And yeah. It's just like a random bunch of car parts stacked on top of each other.
0: Well, because you think like where we are, modern wise, do you think that the, like we would have found a way to either get rid of the stuff in a junkyard or recycle it or use it or some, like melt it down or something? Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's like, is there not like a way to get rid of stuff? Like throw it in a volcano or something? Like, can we not just do something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: I think better people than you and I have struggled to answer this question. I don't think our gay little Star Wars podcast is going to work yeah. out the pollution, We're gonna solve problem.
0: pollution problem. We're going
1: to solve pollution. We're going to solve <laughs> we world We did hunger. it. Did you ever watch, um, Christ, you might have been, you might have been born a little too late for this. So this might've been a thing in my family. Do you remember a show called Junkyard Wars? No. So Junkyard Wars was a show on, I think, think it was the History Channel? I'm not sure what show it was, on, what channel, what network it was on, but it was a show where the gist was like, you would have to, like, you would be given a challenge and then your team would have to go out into a junkyard and find parts and build like a robot or something or whatever you needed to to complete the challenge. And the whole thing was like competitive junkyard diving. You have no idea what no this is. No
0: idea. Yeah, no, I've never heard of this.
1: this. This was a real show. I was fucking obsessed with it when I was like four.
0: Okay, so when I was younger, uh, the I thought you were going to ask me if I had seen uh, The Adventures of Elmo in Grouchland, which was when <laughs> no. Elmo gets teleported to Trash World, basically, uh, in a movie. <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about.
1: Bradley, I need you to understand that my upbringing was not normal. And a large part of the reason I am the way I am is because I watched things like Junkyard Wars when I was four years old.
0: I feel that, old. yeah. I feel
1: that. Uh, we hop over to Fee's bar. We're going to move through this episode very fast. Spoilers, I do not have a lot of notes on this episode. We jump over to to Sids bar. I think I said Fee's bar incorrectly a minute ago. We jump over to Fee in Sids bar, and I'm just gonna put a blanket note here. Every single thing that Fee Genoa says in this episode is unique. When I was watching this episode an hour ago to do my notes, which is when I did them, I googled every single thing that she says. Never heard of any of them before.
0: Which is why it's such a good character because bullshit. she's just like yeah, because she just makes up stuff like half all the time. Bullshit. Yeah, I love it all I love
1: of them it. are bullshit uh even wikipedia was like this and such was a thing that fee Genoa claimed to have found, and i'm like yeah yep. she's fucking claiming it the only one that they've uh they've identified as being real is scar and null uh which is apparently the name of the mo- the thing that they're inside uh, okay. everything else no it's complete bullshit every single one of these things is complete bullshit
0: which is what's so amazing about her character because it sounds like bullshit when she says it because she's like oh yeah the the great treasure of Whatever, like, and you're just like, that sounds made up right? because <laughs> it usually is. <laughs> that it,
1: it's it makes this made up Star Wars names sound actually made up in universe. I
0: know. How do you mean if that?
1: you told me there was a blade of Zakata Par? Like, that's not a name that's out of place in like a Dr. Afra story, right? V Genoa wishes she were Dr. Chelly Leona Afra.
0: I feel like they could have adventures together. I think that I would feel be like it. they should have adventures together. Where's my Dr.? Doc- Dr. Afro Show. I keep why? Yeah, why why have we not done that? I feel like it would be so easy for them to do that. You all the content yeah. is there, just adapt the comics and do the show. Like it would be so or, easy. Or
1: or just get like just get Alyssa Wong to write it. That, or, yeah, like, there you go. That too. Get it <sighs> Where's the show? Where is the show? Where's the show? That's my question for Lucasfilm. If I ever got a chance to speak to Lucas someone at Lucasfilm, uh, I would want to know uh where the fuck is my Dr. Aphra show? Is because she's a lesbian and and those only exist Apparently, in Star Wars in andor books and comics, and at the end I, of Rise of Skywalker.
0: I was gonna say, I for some reason, the only characters that we find interesting tend to end up being either lesbians or asexual characters or just some random person that it's they because, seem to market very well in comics and stuff, but never yeah. they're like, Oh, it'll never work as a TV show, it'll never work as a movie.
1: Wow, it's super funny that uh the the couple of, of gay people find the queer characters interesting and would like to see more of them in different mediums other than uh in the books in comics chop right. chop lucasfilm uh, you should let cal kestis uh make out with his new hot friend from jedi survivor
0: mm, yeah let's do that especially with the mods on yeah let's let's Bi- see that.
1: bisexual cal <laughs> let's go <laughs> Let's go. End Bisexual Marin while we're at it. We we all know that's what's going on there, Lucasfilm. Just confirm it. Confirm it. Come on. Moving from that more humorous uh, topic, here is where I put our section every week of Whose Goddamn White Baby Is That? Where I tell you, viewers, watching this in the dark on my high-def TV in about the best picture quality that I possibly can, how badly they fucked up the clone's skin tones. This week, I have a specific story about this. My overall impression was once again, it's all the same issues. It depends on the lighting. Wrecker is noticeably darker than Omega in the junkyard scenes. But I want to talk about a specific interaction that I had with someone this week uh, related to this issue. Someone and I were talking, and I'm not going to put on blast who it was because I haven't gotten their permission to do this. But someone was watching on a less good monitor than me, and they actually sent me, you know, the bit in the bar where they're talking. So they sent me a screenshot of uh, Echo in this scene. Echo is wearing a white undershirt in this scene. And if you watch on my super sexy, like, high def monitor, it's very clear that this is a white undershirt. The monitor that this person was watching on, Echo is so washed out that they thought that Echo was wearing his armor like a crop top. Oh, that's hot. Which is funny. Which the <laughs> idea of Echo wearing a crop top is funny. However.
0: Right, right, right. When
1: I watched it on my TV, I was like, no, that is very obviously a shirt. And it is kind of an indictment that somebody can look at that and go, wait, is that extremely white undershirt? Like his arms? Like, I'm confused. <laughs> what is
0: <laughs> his non-abs? Like
1: <laughs> His non-abs. <laughs> Uh so that's that's the story I had about how bad it is. Uh, This week is that somebody genuinely thought that that white ass undershirt that he's wearing was his skin. So, yikes. Fortunately, they are wearing their helmets most of this episode. So, I don't have too many notes on this particular front. However, that concludes our weekly section of Who's Goddamn White Baby Is That? Uh, Tune in next week where I'm certain they will continue to fuck this up. And we're just going to do this the entire rest of the show. Uh, Because I don't want to give this show any praise without qualifying the fact that yeah the skin tones are still really 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 bad even though they said they went back and tweaked them jumping ahead to the ship I have a couple of notes here on on this little scene. Do you notice Omega is uh, imitating Fee's stance in the same way she imitates all the other adults around her?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we know that she's uh, known to pick up on certain habits. uh, She's very impressionable. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's very impressionable. And like somebody like Sid, who is rough but still a pretty good influence on her is one thing. Her starting to pick up Fee's mannerisms, that's a little bit alarming uh, and also alarming to Hunter. Her, that she's doing this. But that's a visual cue that she is now latched on to fee is like, oh, I want to be like that.
0: Right, and you can notice that, like, Hunter and, honestly, most of the rest of the batch seem to be just, like, kind of over Fee. They're (laughs) like, all right, is is she done talking about this fake adventure she had? Because clearly Omega's buying into her bullshit, but we're not, and so, like, especially Hunter, because throughout the episode, he's just kind of like, ugh, here she goes again, or ugh, she's saying something again.
1: The relationship between Hunter and Fee is the main reason that I think this episode is not the dreaded F word. I think that Hunter being as uptight as he is representative of, Of the Bad Batch who's trying to be more responsible Uh, and Fee who is just sort of going wherever the winds blow you know so it's that interplay between the two and it's kind of a a battle over you know which one it's the vibe of your kid starts hanging out with or your kid starts like talking to an adult that you know is an untrustworthy person as a parent Uh, but you can't like there's nothing for you to be like "Mm, you definitely need to not speak to this person you would be like, hmm, this this adult may not be somebody that I want my child taking after.
0: Yeah, it's very much like Thea is the cool aunt who right. like smoked weed in high school and like all this kind of stuff, and then your parent is Hunter, who is the goody goody, you know, when growing up. And then they were like, mm, she was a bad seed in in school, you know. I don't want her to pick up on those bad habits because I'm raising a teenager now. So it's kind of one of those things. I mean,
1: I'm I'm a, I'm not a parent. I'm a cat dad, which is what my my mug. Here that I'm drinking coffee out of says, but I'm not a parent, so I can't necessarily speak to this. And I know Bradley's not a parent, so <laughs> at Definitely least not. not that I know.
0: Definitely not. I can but... barely keep track of my uh, roommate's Tuca cat, uh, dog. <laughs> what a Tuca dog or whatever they we call them in the uh, Tale of the Jedi. Uh,
1: it's, yeah, Tuca dogs. I think Whatever. Whatever those little
0: panda dogs were. This like... <laughs> is the thing. This is a thing that someone who's
1: a parent can probably speak better on. But it's it's this relationship between the two. Yeah, uh, I feel like is going to come back into play in later episodes. I think we're laying some important foundation too for like who Fee is, why she acts the way she does because we only barely briefly saw her in the first episode. And now we're getting like who she is and more importantly what her relationship with the Batch and Omega is going to be.
0: Right, and I'm glad that she is doing this now because we. I did feel like we were kind of gypped of her character in that first episode and it was almost like you didn't need to introduce her then and I feel like if they had done a similar thing now now where they had like spent a little more time in the beginning of this episode introducing her like they did in the last episode if you pushed it to this episode it might have made this a little bit stronger because then this would have been the true introduction to fee and which i felt like the rest of the episode was fine because we got to know her character way better um throughout this episode but the last time like the first time we introduced her was just kind of almost too cheap of an introduction i did not like it so that's why i like this one way better and i wish they would have put it here instead
1: where the fuck is gonky
0: dead <laughs> <laughs> I think he might be. He might be on Camino. The
1: last time the last time we saw Gonki. Actually, let me Google this because I am not a hundred I want to make a hundred percent sure of this before I say it. Yeah, the last time we saw Gonki was Return to Camino. Well so we
0: We know what that means. <laughs>
1: we know Gonki short circuited in War Mantle, uh, because he plugged himself into um into the the Marauder to I don't know whether or not we see Gonki in the background or what what whether or not or not he like survived that. But yeah, there's no Gonky. No,
0: we've replaced Gonky with a new droid now that's not even related to the Batch
1: Patch. <laughs> right, there's Mel randomly is here. And like, this is something, cause I, my boyfriend was off. I didn't watch the episode until I got home from work. So we watched it together. And this was one of his points. When, when Mel turns up and they have their feet up on Mel in the, the fighter or in the Marauder, he was like, where the fuck is Gonky? Cause Gonky yeah. was his favorite character from last season because he's obsessed with the droids.
0: Well, well, I mean, not to jump ahead, but we clearly know that power droids are very disposable and can be fixed later, I guess. So maybe he's just in pieces somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's like, is he is he like still short circuited sitting on the Marauder? Have they not been able to work on him? Like what? Have they not been able to afford to fix him? Like what's going on with Gun? Go- Give me some information yeah, that sounds, on Gonky. I case. like that
0: can- a headcanon of like, maybe he's just in the utility closet, just kind of broken down because they haven't had time to fix him, you know? It's one of I those like that.
1: things, like there's an issue now where my car battery won't like connect to the radio and we can't figure out why the battery functions just fine it's connected to the car just fine the fuse isn't blown but the radio in my car is out Mm -hmm. and i'm not fixing it not because i can't afford to fix it but because i'm so busy doing other things that it's one of those i look at it and i'm like yeah i'll get around to that
0: that's what happens when you buy your radio from jawas
1: (sighs) they didn't even clean it first before they sold it back to me (laughs)
0: love
1: the planet that they're on it's giving me, like, Nathema or Zyost. Uh, n- n- these names don't mean anything to Bradley, but if right. you've played Star Wars The Elder Public, they will mean something to you. Uh, I just loved Zyost, so this one I looked at, and I was like, yeah, that, that kind of looks like Zyost a little bit.
0: Again, you sound like you sound like Fee. You're just making up names. Like, for all I know, those are all made <laughs> right. up names. I could throw in, up. I could...
1: The, the nice thing about Legends... So, uh, our friends over at Rupal's Podrace, they do play a game called Is It Legends or Did I Just Make It Up, which we have played a version of on this show before where (laughs) that's the gist of the game is that everything in Legends sounds made up. So the challenge is you have to figure out whether something really happened or uh, the host is simply making it up. It is easily one of their favorite games they play on that show. There's a little discrepancy in my brain over Scar and all. Um, Fee talks about it like it's an old pirate legend. Wikipedia seems to think it's the name of the, the giant machine. I don't know what's going on there.
0: Oh, I see yeah because it says the entrance of scar and all so the
1: entrance of scar and all okay i don't know i don't know to also too whether or not the i don't know how any of this works
0: yeah because it okay wait let's talk about this because it is kind of confusing they go into quote unquote a mountain or like a cave of some kind but then by the end of the episode they're in a giant machine you're like did they at enter in point, the machine at some point or at some point they've the transitioned
1: mountain? into the machine but it's I think it's when they're in the hallway where they have to, like, shift the hallway. Like, they have to move it from the the top to the bottom by plugging the thing. And I think that's the actual entrance to the machine.
0: Okay. Maybe because that's, like, that's why the the creature didn't make sense to me. Because I was like, does the creature live in the machine? Or does he just live in the cave? Just lives in the machine. Attached to the machine? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what's going
1: on. Some people, including Star Wars Explained on Twitter and others, did point out that they think this machine might be Zephyr in origin because it shares a lot of the it shares a lot of the like circular kind of tomb raidery sort of stuff that uh, the Zepho temples and things have in full order as well as pointing out that the actual machine itself kind of looks like a Zepho head uh you do you have any idea what a Zepho is Bradley
0: sounds like a slur but um uh, <laughs> i'm going to go with no i don't know what that is sounds like a star Zeffo. wars slur <laughs>
1: It's a Star Wars insult. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, no, a Zepho. So in Jedi Fallen Order, uh, the main crux of the exploration of the game is you're basically in these Tomb Raider style, like, temples, where you have to solve challenges and pick up new skills and do tomb raiding to get things from the tombs. Anyway, the Zepho are the things that built those tombs. They're like an ancient force-sensitive race of, uh, aliens, of aliens. And Got then, they're, they're mainly the framing device device for like the story that we care about which is the story of the mantis crew being chased around by um, the second sister but a lot of people seem to think that and I agree that the design of everything about this scar and all uh, is probably, it's, it's probably Zefo in origin. I wanna shout out that there's some, some great character ticks through like the animation alone. There's a bit where they're all walking, they're all entering in, it's after they've solved the first room. Hunter kinda has a little reaction when they all walk, like Echo kinda looks at him and then keeps walking and Hunter has kind of a little reaction. In live action, I would call this a specific choice by the actor but this is animation. So they had to specifically animate like all of Hunter's movements in this scene. It's really impressive character modeling and rigging work, the way that he moves in the scene, because you almost kind of look at it and you can trick your brain into thinking you're watching a a live action actor make those choices.
0: I thought that was cool.
1: (laughs) I thought that was cool. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know that Phoebe Waller Bridges is apparently making a Tomb Raider show?
0: I don't know who that is.
1: Phoebe Waller, you don't know who Phoebe Waller Bridges is?
0: Is, is that an actress?
1: Yes, that's is, an actress.
0: Or actor, I mean. Um.
1: That's an actress. Um, Phoebe Waller-Bridges is the voice of L3 in Solo. Oh, okay. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, sorry, not Phoebe Waller-Bridges. I don't know why I said Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's L3 in Solo. Uh, she was in Broadchurch. She's going to be in Indiana Jones and in the Dial of Destiny. She's the star of Fleabag.
0: Yes, I knew that.
1: Her? She's apparently writing a Tomb Raider show. Oh, that's cool. For, for Amazon, yeah. You know why I bring this up?
0: Because Angelina Jolie pops out uh, in this episode. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh,
1: it's because I have so little fucking notes on any of these sections where they're going in that I was like, yeah. I need something to fill the time. Hey, Bradley, did you know that Phoebe Waller-Bridge is making a Tomb Raider show for Amazon? <laughs> that so literally stupid. got announced yesterday.
0: You're so dumb. I can't. <laughs>
1: Uh, It's going to be a good show. Probably. I trust her. Uh, I did laugh at sometimes a door is just a door.
0: Because... A Door sometimes is it's just a just door.
1: A door. <laughs> I'm gonna start quoting that whenever like something is too simple and it's Star Wars. Well, the door is just a door,
0: right? Like, if people are trying to like assign hidden meaning to whatever something happens in a Star Wars show or like something, and they're like, mm, No, it's just a the door, is the door. No, it's the door. It's the door. door is a door.
1: Uh, I like the little heart of the mountain itself. It looks like that, like, fifth element, those little like things stones from the fifth element.
0: I have a question about the heart of the mountain.
1: Okay, I have no answers there. This makes no fucking sense. Okay,
0: this is this is all conjecture. This is just you making up an answer for me. Okay. The whole point of this episode is that they want to get the, the heart of the mountain or whatever. Right. Which seems to be a key to this war machine, right? Like it literally... It's like an it inhibitor chip. Source.
1: It's like an okay. inhibitor chip for the war machine. It, it right. keeps it like dormant.
0: Keeps it dormant, right. My question is, if they had gotten the heart of the mountain and they had nothing had happened and the machine broke any or they destroyed the machine somehow and they took the heart of the mountain and it didn't melt away or whatever. Is it... What is the purpose of it other than it's just shiny and valuable looking like it like I it's don't shiny really and
1: valuable looking
0: okay that's all I could think of money. I was like money that you money. just sell it like what <laughs> it's just a piece of art like that Thrawn has in his office yes like, who's so gonna sell it to Grand
1: Admiral <laughs> Thrawn
0: I mean Thrawn's not around at
1: this point Thrawn is both busy doing the Ascendancy Trilogy uh which oh Bradley he hasn't still been brought needs... in yet that's right Bradley I think you still need to finish the Ascendancy Trilogy
0: I got about nine more hours left in my audiobook of uh, the last okay. book so I'm almost done so
1: okay I got to start listening to more audiobooks because I have uh I have time to do that at work now and I'm running out of podcasts.
0: Well, I'm going to I'm going to start work soon and I need something on, you know, my drives to and from the office. So, I, thankfully I have like one credit backed up. So I'm like I got to get started we on will, some of these. We will We will check
1: in. We will check in shortly uh, when Bradley has finished the Ascendancy books. Um, so there you go. Bradley's currently reading them. Yeah, Thrawn's off doing that. That's okay. that's what's happening right now. Thrawn's busy being on the Springhawk Uh, with a bunch Mm -hmm. of people that are much cooler than him that's a hot take we'll get into that the day we we finally do an ascendancy episode right so this war machine activates and pops up and it's a, it's a tall neck from Horizon Zero Dawn. Have you played Horizon Zero Dawn, Bradley? I know you haven't. No. Uh, I've played about half of it. Uh, I just, this is going to earn me a lot of ire. Hi, Chris, who's about to tag me in his Discord to yell at me about this. I played about half of Horizon Zero Dawn. It was too much of a time investment for me. It's one of those like massively long games. I played it for like 20 or 30 hours and then I wandered off to do something else. I think I, I think that was when Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga came out. I wandered off to do that and then never came back to Horizon Zero Dawn. It's on my list of games I need to go back and finish, but I've been promising to play Breath of the Wild for about a year now. It's been sitting here for a year and I have not yet finished it.
0: I was going to say, more related to that, something I can actually relate to because I've actually played that game. This war machine or whatever is more like the machines in Breath of the Wild. There's four ancient machines that are in the game not to give you all the details but there one of them is a camel and it looks uh, just I, like this I know so the base plot I know the okay, base plot
1: go. of Breath of the Wild is uh you have to like you, there's four ancient machines and you have to recruit four people to go in and, and activate right. the machines so that you can uh I don't know, uh, hold Ganondorf down and beat him over the head with a bat a couple of times. I don't know what's going. Apparently, like, everyone says this game is the most amazing thing ever to happen, uh,
0: I just like, by the time you end up playing this game, the second game will have come out. <laughs>
1: That's why- So I'm starting to play it for two reasons, one of which I'm gonna keep to myself, um, because uh, he can hear me from the next room. <laughs> However, the other reason is because the sequel is about to come out. and yeah, I'm It's
0: curious. literally about to drop. So that's I also so want to buy
1: more games for my Switch, and I'm not allowing myself to buy more games for my Switch until I finish Breath of the Wild.
0: That's probably good.
1: These are what our pre-meetings sound like, by the way, if you're wondering. Uh, Bradley and I when we get on the Zoom call, spend about 25 minutes talking about random stuff before we hit record. This week we're talking about how hard the dunk on uh, Real Friends of WeHo is going, and How massive the crash from Drag Race to to in the Nielsen ratings was, which I personally find hilarious.
0: Speaking of crashing, speaking
1: of crashing, (laughs) uh, Fee like goes after the heart of the mountain and falls out, and Hunter saves her. And obviously, like this is the little conclusion of their character arc, but like obviously the arc isn't done. Uh, My only note really about this sequence is
0: uh, this is awesome. Yeah, it was such a cool little fun. I mean. That's what I like about the end of the episode. I feel like the beginning was a little slow, and that's why I didn't like it, because it reminded me of Infested, where they're walking through the caves and stuff like that. It took us
1: 18 minutes to get here of a 25-minute
0: episode. Right. It could have almost been, honestly, a shorter episode. Like, if you had cut out some of the dumb stuff where they, like, got separated or whatever, then it's just like, we go into the mountain, we activate the machine, and then we destroy the machine. Like, that's all it really is. The
1: only thing, the only thing of real note, there was only two real things of note in the uh the sequence in the hallway where they have to like rotate uh the hallway down from the top to the bottom and that was uh fee being like to hunter you don't like me very much do you and then omega putting in the the compass and losing the compass and i feel like there's organic ways you could have done this slightly shorter but also when this episode does pay off it pays off really well now i kind of wish we hadn't seen the tall neck in the trailer uh yeah i wish Just it like had a been surprise. a surprise but then i i wish a lot of things had been a surprise in this show. I kind of wish Palpatine was a surprise.
0: Well, I also don't like how when they showed this machine in the trailer, it leads you to believe that it has implications for the overall story. Like, so that there's something else later on down the line where this machine happens to be coming out and doing something. But no, it's just for this one adventure, and it has nothing to do with any of the other Which is a fun adventure. It's a fun
1: adventure, but... But then
0: don't put it in the trailer, you know? Right. Because that leads you to believe it means something for, like, I put the
1: tomb raiding stuff in the trailer that would have been sure yeah that yeah, would have yeah. been good shots i don't think i don't think i would have put the the tall neck in the trailer
0: no i would have taken it out
1: yeah because the other shots in the trailer are like gunji and fee right. and cody and palpatine and I'm like oh this is going to be like although i have heard somebody that i i follow on twitter i forget who tweeted out but they had seen the screeners of the first 14 and they basically said that if you're looking for an overarching plot that connects week to week uh you're not really going to find it in the first 14 episodes, it's mainly going to be stuff like this, which, okay, that's why we're looking for things that do not, are the things that potentially could come back later. I was very worried about Mel, although I do find it very funny that um, Fee does, (laughs) this happens so often that Fee just keeps backing Mel up.
0: Yeah, I like that. She almost knew this was gonna happen, so she was just kind of like, "Eh, like it's okay if we leave him by the leave uh Mel by the uh entrance because I'll get him back a- at some point."
1: Yeah, we'll get her back. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I did find that very, very funny. Uh, it's a very, very Rise of Skywalker. Like R two just keeps a copy of three PO's memory banks around just in case that dumbass gets himself wiped again. Since he got his memory wiped at the end of Revenge of the Sith, and then R two was like, "Damn, maybe I should start keeping a copy." this guy's memory bags because I'm the only fucking reliable one. Right. Which this is very much that.
0: So that made, leads me to believe that R2 also backs up his own memory drive somewhere. Like just Probably. as a precaution. You know what I mean? Like, Well, R2's, R2's okay.
1: at least from the Phantom Menace onward never had his memory wiped.
0: Never. Yeah. So, so well, I just think remember, like maybe possibly like as a backup somewhere, like just just in case R2's like, I'll just keep it somewhere safe. I wonder
1: if he has it saved on the cloud. <laughs>
0: R2 doesn't, account, yeah. seem,
1: R2 doesn't seem like the type, though, who would accept a terms and conditions thing. Archie mm. would be like, nah. Yeah, no, nah. definitely not. My, my final note on this episode is her, her discussion of the chalice is almost certainly a reference to indiana jones and um for sure the last crusade like again everything she says is bullshit. planet we've never heard of before kingdom of elvis we've never heard of before like
0: <laughs> yeah
1: however probably a real planet because she does want to go there but the chalice is almost certainly a reference to to last crusade
0: i i like that and i also like the idea of if you were going to bring hondo onaka back into the star wars universe and it would be this show, and it would be with the character of Fee. Because I feel like they either A, know each other, B, know of each other, or like see they just have a history like together of being on either opposite sides or they just like have to work together sometimes like just because they're both pirates and i don't know i feel like that's it's gonna happen I, i know it'll happen at some point in some capacity i just don't know where it's gonna happen but i feel it
1: i i badly want hondo onaka back in general i think i just love him in general what what are your final thoughts on this episode bradley
0: final thoughts yeah I mean it was it was a fun (laughs) no
1: thoughts if you had
0: yeah it was it was a fun adventure has no consequences for the overall story but it does have fun little character moments uh related to our batch and fee and you know I I I bring on Gunji because that's all I care about at this point
1: let me let me ask you this uh going through the episode in slightly more detail has has your opinion of it increased decreased or remained the same
0: honestly I feel like going in through detail we have simplified the episode a little bit um and it almost made it a little bit more enjoyable I guess because it was like less annoying stuff that I had to deal with like when watching I don't know I just kind of t- I ended up I what I felt like was when I was watching the episode sometimes I would almost like tune out a little bit like not purposefully but just sometimes like when you do these episodes where you have characters go into a cave or they go into like a small space and it just something about that to me it shrinks down the scale of the universe or the the world and it le- makes me less interested in the story so I don't know I, I just I have I'm, I'm very ambivalent about the episode
1: <laughs> My final thoughts are uh yeah it's pretty fun. That's it. Yeah, Great. it's pretty fun. All righty, next week we will be discussing uh The Bad Batch season 2 episode 6 called Tribe, which fingers crossed we're hoping is the Gunji episode.
0: Worth I'm pretty I'm pretty positive it's Gunji. I, I have a pretty good sneaky suspicion.
1: I'm looking at all the others and the only one based on the fact that they usually only do trailer footage from the first half of the season and we only have like 3 episodes left in the first half of the season yeah uh i am guessing that um that that tribe is probably gunji and i'm guessing the one after that the clone conspiracy is probably the kids in like the mine thing and then we're gonna go to coruscant uh let's see when they're going to air okay so next week is tribe and then after that clone conspiracy and truth and consequences is another double feature
0: right so that's the that's the halfway point that's
1: probably coruscant if it's mm-hmm. not Coruscant, I will be very surprised.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Because we've got about half the stuff in the trailer footage already.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Truth and Consequences will be the end of the trailer footage. I think we won't have anything else after that. I think that everything else will be new after that.
1: Yeah, or they may do like a mid-season trailer. They do that sometimes. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. That's the end of the episode. Come back next week for Tribe. Run the socials. Bye. Thank you for listening to
0: Gold Squadron Days. Should Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at Gaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze.
1: This episode is gonna be oops all tangents. that's what this episode is going to be oops all tangents